If it be the Lord's will, I want to preach out of Matthew chapter 21 this morning and try to give you a thought that the Lord stirred me with this week. Thinking about Palm Sunday, you said, well, I know you was going there. Well, you should already been turned there then. <laughs> it's all good. Cover to cover, it's all good. I appreciate the Lord this morning. <clears throat> but in Matthew chapter 21, we're going to break right in at the first verse. I appreciate my mother and father-in-law watching this morning. They're a great encouragement to my heart and and they're faithful to watch every week and pray for us and ask God to help us and encourage us along the way, and I'm so thankful for that. But here in Matthew chapter 21, the Bible, we want to break right in at the first verse. The Bible says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. And I'm going to break words down this morning uh, because we got youngins in the sanctuary, and I want to help you understand what the Bible says this morning. Saying unto them, Go into the village and over against you, and straightway ye shall find a donkey tied and with a coat, and with her loose them and bring them unto me. Let me wipe the tears this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love him this morning. I'm just running over. And if any man say unto you, listen, ye shall say, the Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which were spoken by the prophets, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, Behold, the king. <laughs> oh, y'all missed that part right there. Behold, daughters of Zion, the king cometh, is what the Bible says. Unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey and a coat and a foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the donkey and the coat and put them, put him thereon, the clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, just as our children give us a, a sight this morning of spreading the garments in the way. Others cut branches from trees and, and strode them in the way, and the multitude that went before him that followed cry, crying sight, saying, Hosanna uh, in the highest. Listen, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem and all the city was moved, saying, who is this? <laughs> you may be looking at us this morning and say, what is going on? I got good news for you. Hosanna is in the house, amen. He's in the house this morning. Look at verse 10 again. And when they were come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is it? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Who is it? This 
is Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray right now for a few moments. Lord, would you speak through these stammering lips. God, we're just full up this morning, and I pray that you'll stir the heart of your people. Lord, that they'll see, uh, Lord, your entry into Jerusalem this morning. Lord, that they'll open their hearts, Lord, and let you enter in just like you did in Jerusalem. God, move us today. Feed us from your table, and we'll give you the praise for it all. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Here we see the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And people have heard about him. They've heard about the miracles he's done, how he's uh, blessed people and touched people and anointed people and, and healed them there and done all these things by touching them. They've heard all of it. Now they're seeing him come. And he told his disciples, he said, go, go get me a donkey and a coat and bring them. And don't, if they ask you what you're doing, you just tell them the Lord hath need of them. Amen. Ain't she glad? You farmers that are here, imagine if somebody showed up on your farm, started untying your donkey and your, and your coat and just started taking off with them. You may say, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? What if they turned around and said, the Lord hath need of them. Wouldn't that be wonderful that you'd be that farmer that got to loan out your animals to the Lord? Oh, you're missing it this morning. That you can be a part this morning. You may say, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a singer, but you could be that farmer that the Lord used, amen, to be a blessing to somebody else. But I like what the Bible says, the disciples didn't murmur, they didn't complain like we do as Baptists, they didn't ask questions, they didn't have a committee meeting, they didn't decide on a budget whether they had enough money to go get the coach or not, they just heard from the Lord and said, guess what, we need to go and get them, amen. I don't know where all this stuff come from, but we'd be better off we just listen to the Lord, amen, and do what he asks us to do. But he talked to the disciples there and he said, go and get them, I have need of them. And they went and got them and brought them to the Lord. And the Bible says that they put the Lord up on the donkey there, and put the clothes on the donkey and set him up on it. And he came riding into Jerusalem. Just think about that just for a minute. Here comes the king of kings and the Lord of lords riding a donkey. Uh, something that uh, we probably wouldn't even fool with, but the king of kings made himself low as he could be to show man that he was down on their level and he was coming to redeem them from their sin. I'm telling you what, here he comes. He's coming into the city and these people People are excited about him coming. A lot of you all hear about a big rock star coming to town, a country singer coming to town. You'll pay out $50, $60 a person, try to be on the front row, act like a wild Indian and do everything you can just to be noticed by a rock star. They looked at me. They touched me. They signed my autograph. But I'll tell you what you need more than a rock star and a country star. You need to come down to the house of God. Amen. Let him sign your heart. Put his autograph upon your heart. Amen. And be born again. Amen. He'll bless your life. Hallelujah. But it's got dull this day of time. 
You say Jesus and nobody gets excited anymore. You tell them what's going on and they're all tore up about the news and what's going on around the world and it is bad. Let me tell you, it's bad. But he said when you see these things come to pass, look up, your redemption is drawing nigh, man. You ought to get excited about that this morning. That's why I want to preach this morning a message entitled, The King is Coming, amen. <laughs> the King is coming. We need to be ready. He's coming after a people that are looking for his appearing. He ain't coming to force himself on us. He ain't coming to get on a cross again. <laughs> but he's coming King of Kings. And he won't be riding a donkey neither when he comes. The Bible says he'll be in the clouds. Won't it be wonderful when he comes one day after a while? But when I got to studying this message, the Lord began to give me some things about his coming and talking about the king is coming. You know what he's coming with? Number one, he's coming with purpose for you and I. He ain't coming just uh, for coincidence. He ain't sneaking in, amen. They're gonna know when he shows up, amen. I love my God. You know, other people's got these gods that go out to the Walmarts and they go out to the Magic Marts and they go out to all these other stores and different places and they buy these things and they worship these things of stone and wood and all this different stuff. But I'll tell you what, you better be worshiping. You better be worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, amen. That's who we better worship. They set up these little statues and I remember when we went on vacation, we went to a big city and it seemed like on every corner in that big city, there was a store selling some statue, some statue of Bula or Allah and all these different gods, they call them, uh, burning incense around them and stuff like that. People sitting around doing this. I don't know what this is all about, but they're sitting there folded up in their legs and sitting there doing this right here. I don't know if they just picked their nose or what they're doing, but they're sitting there doing that, worshiping these things, burning these incense. I tell you what you better do. You better lift up your head, hold up your hands, call on the King of Kings. He's the one that's going to get you through, amen. Not Buddha and Allah. Every time we go by one of them stores, I said, honey, just for just a few seconds, I'd like to go over and just push one of them things over and watch them break. Oops, I broke your God. It would tear them all to pieces. But I'm glad there's only one God, and he's not a pushover. <laughs> Amen. He'll stand when the world's on fire. I'm glad he said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. Amen. You can count on the word of God. But thinking about this triumphal entry as he comes into Jerusalem, he's coming with purpose. If you remember in verses uh, four, five, and six, he says, saying unto them, go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find a donkey tied and a coat uh, with her there. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say unto you, you tell them that the Lord hath need of them. It's been prophesied that this is gonna happen. Well, where's that been prophesied? You ought to write this down. Over in Zechariah 9, 9, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Uh, behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation, lowly, riding upon a donkey and upon a coat and the foal of a donkey. It was prophesied long before it ever happened. 
Amen. Guess what else was prophesied? Someday it's all going to come to an end. It's all coming to an end. This world is ending. You may build up a lot in this world, and the Lord may bless you to have a lot in this world. You may have a fine home, fine vehicles, a nice six-figure job, and everything's wonderful. Your children are healthy. Your companions are healthy, whatever. You may be in a perfect spot, and everything's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, in a split second, it can all be gone just like that. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. What if we was in a position of Job? What would we do then? We can rejoice when everything is good, when everything is right, when everything is working out my way, but when it's not working out your way and everything's falling apart, what about then? Well, we'll give him the praise that he deserves. God has a purpose for your life. I'm telling you this morning. Over in Zechariah 2.10, the Bible says, Sing and rejoice, O daughters of Zion. For lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. You know, the Lord wants to dwell in here this morning. He just don't want to walk around, but he wants to squeeze on your heart <laughs> and bless your heart. And when he squeezes on my heart, guess what happens? The tears run out my eyes. I got to thinking about something I said last week. We all worship different. We do things different. Just because you don't act like me don't mean you ain't feeling God. But I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to think about what God has done in our life, what he's doing in our life, and what he's going to do in our life. And that ought to make you want to rejoice this morning. Amen. It's something to get excited about. Why? Because he's got a purpose for our life. In 1 John 5, 20, the Bible says, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us understanding that we may know him. That is true. And we are in him. That is true. Even the Son, Jesus Christ. This is true from God for eternal life. He's true this morning. I don't know what you're expecting, but he's true this morning. He's coming this morning. Remember when we was little children, we used to play a game. Ready or not? Ready or not? Here I come. Remember that? Yeah, I'm it. Okay, here we go. We'd chase each other around the yards and thing, and I think I told this once before, but we, when I was little, we was at Grandma's house. We liked it when it got dark in the middle of the summer and nice and warm. We'd get out and play and play hide and go seek. Wonder we didn't get eat up by a snake or something because we was hiding in all these little crevices everywhere. And we'd be running around the yard, but what I forgot about was mom's clothesline, mama's clothesline. Running around there, running from them because they was chasing me. And that clothesline got me about right there. And I was, I was it next. <laughs> there I was laying. <laughs> <laughs> You're it. <laughs> Ain't that just like a devil? He'll clothesline you and then say, got you, you're it. Just like that, that's the way the devil is. God has a purpose for our life. And things may be rough and things may be going tough for your life. But listen, you ought to write this verse down. <laughs> Romans 8, 28. We forget this. We really forget this as people of God. 
But he says, and we know that all things work together for the good <laughs> to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. That's his promise. He has a purpose for our life. The king is coming with purpose. He's not only coming with purpose, he's coming with promise. He's got purpose for our life, but he also has a promise to you and I. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, the Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Those that are trusting him with everything. We can mount up with angle, wings of eagles. What does that mean? We can fly right over our problems because all things work together for the good. Well, this don't seem too good, what's going on in my life right now. Hold on, he has a purpose for you. He has a will for your life. And if we'll realize we're learning something through this situation, you know what? Experience is the best lesson. The Lord has helped me and blessed us here to have several ministers. And it's my job as a pastor to train them and to help them and to help guide them in the ministry. But if they won't take instructions, then they'll fall on their face and learn the hard way. You, as people of God, I'm instructed of God to show you the way and to teach you, but I can't make you do it. All things work together for the good to them that love God. If you won't listen and heed his calling, then trouble will come. And the wolf is always looking for somewhere to get in because he loves sheep. He loves to devour sheep. And it's my job as the pastor to watch when the wolf is coming. And I'm trying to tell you, watch out, there's a wolf right there. But what do we do? We go and get right with the wolf. Well, I like this wolf. He looks good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang with him. He, Todd, you're going to be a wolf today, okay? <laughs> He's my wolf. And if I hang out with the wolf, I'm going to start smelling like a wolf. And when I get away from him and I go and join myself with somebody else, the first thing he's going to do is go, ooh, you smell like a wolf. I wonder why. I don't think he's running with wolves, but he sure smells like he's running with them. The Bible says be sure your sins will find you out. Whether you've been running with the wolf or not. What we need to do is get away from the wolf and stay with those that will encourage us, those that will help us. I'm just following the Lord. Y'all hang with me a minute, okay? <laughs> but our problem is we like it over in the wolf pit. I used to live in a place called wolf pit. It wasn't all that great. <laughs> but we want to stay over here in the pit and do our thing. You know what? I'm happier over here. I don't have all the pressure. That's a lie from the devil. 
You know, God's got promises for you that if you'll come out from among that, I mean, it's endless, the blessings that God will bless your life. But we get drawn away of our own lust and pride of life because the devil says, oh, it's so much easier over here. I've been on this way 41 years. Not one time have I ever thought it'd be better to be back where I was at before I knew the Lord. Now, I've always feel the devil drawing me, always drawing me, but the Lord always outshines <laughs> what the devil's doing. You get one touch of what's went on here this morning, you got to have more of it. Amen? It's like eating a Snickers bar. You'll say, I'm only going to eat one bite. I mean, you got a Snicker bar that big. You don't believe me? Go to the Cracker Barrel. They sell them that big around, long, that long. And you'll say, I'm just going to eat one little piece of that Snicker bar. And you eat that thing, you're like, ooh, i got to have another piece of that. And then somebody like Brother David go out and buy you one that big. And every time I open my drawer, there that Snicker bar is hollering at me, saying, eat me. You know, and I'm thinking, I need to eat salad. I don't need to eat Snickers. But we're drawn to the Snicker bar. Ain't that just like a devil? You want to do good? Paul said every time I want to do good, evil is always present. Now we got to mortify the members of our bodies so we can hear from God. Lord, you promised me that you'd help me. I feel so overwhelmed, I don't know what to do. The Lord say, look, there's a door. There's your way out. Get out. And you start trying to negotiate with the Lord. Well, Lord, if, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And if you'll make this way, then I'll go that way. The Lord says, there's the door. Go do it. And what do we do? We go the opposite way. Here we are coming into Jerusalem, and all this crowd of people are praising the Lord. Hi, Hosanna. Praise the Lord. He's high and lifted up. Our king has come. How wonderful it is. And they're praising and worshiping. And then it's just a few days later, they're hollered, Crucify him! The same people that were spreading their garments in the way. Don't leave and let his feet uh, hit the ground. Don't let the donkey walk on the, let him walk on my clothes, take my clothes, put him down so his feet don't even have to touch earth. He's so holy. We want to praise him this morning, this day, in a few days. Crucify him. They've turned against him just like that. You can do good all of your life all of your life, make one mistake. Everybody you probably ever know will turn against you. How do you know that to be the truth? Look at Job. Job, what'd you do? I'm talking about good old boys that's supposed to love him, cared for him. Job, what'd you do? You've had to do something. Instead of them saying, Joe, we want to pray for you, brother. We're going to pick you up and help you. God's got promise and purpose for your life. We're going to encourage you. Pick yourself. What did you do? 
Ain't that just like the world? The devil will use the closest ones to you to bring you down as far as you can go. When you get down there, they'll go ahead and stomp you on down. You know who will ever do that? That one came riding on a donkey. <laughs> That's the one that will never do you that way. He's the one that will love on you and say, I understand where you're at. Let me help you up out of that. Let me brush you off and clean you up. Love on you, tell you, okay, now go on. Don't sin no more, go on. Forget about all that that you've been through. I love you this morning. Keep your eyes on me because i got a promise for you. But every time I try to do good, the devil's always trying to get me to do something else. That's his job. And I ain't giving you no credit, but he's pretty good at it. And we're pretty good to listen, ain't we? A lot of times we'll listen to the devil before we'll listen to God. The king is coming with promise. In John 14, 2 and 3, how do you know that we can overcome this? How do we know this is real? How do we know there's another place? There's a better time. I'm going to get out of this. How do you know? I watched this week and watched a famous man. And you all know who he is. And I'm just going to repeat his quote. And I'm online. And people say, I wouldn't say that online. I'm going to quote what he said this week. He's already dead and gone. Y'all remember Larry King? Interviewed everybody in the world, seemed like. He interviewed Billy Graham, many theologians, many famous people. And somebody asked him, said, and they played the interview this week, said, are you afraid to die? He said, no. Do you think you'll go to heaven when you die? He said, I don't believe in heaven. They said, well, what do you believe? He said, well, I guess I'm an atheist. I don't believe in nothing. He said, I always asked why bad things happen to good people, and nobody could ever answer that question. He said, so for that reason, I don't believe. And he died believing that. You know, we serve such a perfect God that he'll let you go that way. He'll let you believe that if that's what you want to do. But I can tell you what the Word of God says. Even nature itself teaches that there's a God. We can deny it all we want to, but nature itself proves that there are God. Why does bad things happen to good people? Because of sin. Because of the rejection of God's Son and their, His blood upon their life. That's why it happens. And we got to go way back and look where Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Death was pronounced upon all men, for all have sinned. Amen? And from that time, man has sinned and sinned, and sin brings forth death. So that's why bad things happen to good people. Sin has been brought up on the world. But I like Matthew 14. Let's look at that. Here's the promise that he said to us. In, excuse me, in John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, 
Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will. Not maybe, not I'll think about it. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now here's the issue. If you don't believe this Bible, you'll fall for anything. Your life will never amount to nothing denying this book. This is Jesus Christ in the form of a book. And every instruction and every need that you've got, the answer is in this book. I don't care if you've got marital problems. I don't care if your children have went wayward. I don't care if your wife's run off, your husband's run off, your children's went plumb crazy, your grandchildren are on dope. It's all in here exactly how to help them. Every bit of it. But our problem is, is we don't want to hear it. We'll go to counselors, we'll buy books on how to raise children, how to overcome, but we'll never open up the book to find out what God says. I'm telling you the truth this morning. Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place, and if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you'll be also. Church, I'm promising you this morning, he has promises for you and I. Not because of all my good deeds, He's not promised you heaven because of your good deeds. Do y'all realize this morning, there's nothing you can do good enough to earn heaven. Nothing. Well, I I didn't cuss all week. I didn't drink all week. I didn't do anything bad. I, I, I tried to walk as close to God as I could. Surely the Lord is pleased with my life. He sure is. But even that person that failed all week long, fell to the flesh and done all the mistakes and, and had a hard time and, and couldn't hardly get through and you're here this morning, I'm gonna tell you the Lord loves you just like he does the one that overcome. Now, that's not permission to sin. You do not have permission to go out and live in the world like a hellion. I know that's tough this morning. But I'm telling you, if you're truly born again, you'll want to live right. I said, if you're truly born again, you'll want to live right. You want to talk right. You want to be right. So when he comes back, you can go up all right. Amen. I'm glad his blood has covered my soul. He covered my sin from the beginning all the way to the end. I was forgiven in 1981 totally like a baby and made brand new right then. But guess what? I've been making mistakes the whole way through, failing God all the way through, and I will to the end. But I'm glad that he said my grace is sufficient for thee all the way through. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You pray to the Lord. You give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm weak in the flesh. I don't know what to do, but to trust you. He said, my little children, I write unto thee that if thou sin, have an advocate with the Father. That's what I do every single night. Lord, here I am, a sinner. No good for nothing. But thank God you saved me and cleansed me from this old world. I don't know about all that. 
I always thought if you did this or did that, that separates you from God and you die and go to hell. Let me tell you what. The blood of Jesus Christ cannot be rubbed off. <laughs> the devil been trying to get it off of my soul for 41 years. He can't do a thing with it. Amen. It's as red and it's sealed right now as it was the first day I got it. Amen. But he still ain't going to give up. He's going to try to hinder you and bring you down. Here they are praising the Lord and his promises and his holiness. But just a week later, they're ready to put him to death. On this Palm Sunday, we need to remember, we're serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. How, how wonderful is he in your life? How is he praised in your life? Have you praised him this week? How have you honored him this week? Have you lifted him up or put him down? Have you been proud to be a child of God or you've been hiding because you're a child of God? Are you ashamed of who you are or are you proud of who you are? I'm telling you, you may be praising today. The devil will knock the blocks out of you in the morning. It's easy to praise him when we got a suit on. When we're at the church, we're throwing our hands up and we're praising God and everything's wonderful, but the work is out there. That's where it really comes into play. And when the devil hits you broadsided, what are you going to do then? I'm going to tell you what you do. Say, Lord, the devil's knocked me down one more time, but I know that you're a soon coming king. We're fixing to get out of this mess. Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. Lord, I pray for that one that's lied on me. Lord, I pray for that one that's done me in. Lord, I pray for all those that don't understand. God, help me to stand strong and be a witness for you. And guess what? He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I'll go all the way, even down to the end of the world. That means this world. Because someday soon, we're going to step off into eternity. Sister Vanessa asked me while I was there, we were talking about going to heaven. And she says, is it really going to be all right? I said, look at me. I promise you, upon the authority of God's word, that when you step off, in the glory, the Lord will be right there to take you by the hand and say, come on with me. How do you know that? The Bible says over there in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And guess what? Those that have died out in this life right now, they're going to get the first benefit. The Bible says for the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a promise you can take to the bank. That's how it's really going to happen. He said in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye, we're out of here. I mean, blink. Blink your eye. I mean, it's going to happen that fast, Brother Todd. 
We may be getting ready to do invitation before you can get up there to your guitar. You may be flying through the air. <laughs> Look up and go, whoa, here we go. Won't that be wonderful? About the time, Brother Bo, you raise your hand to shout, you'll look up and you'll be headed for the man, amen, headed for that land flowing with milk and honey that the Bible's talked about. It's going to be real soon, church. Our problem is, is the devil's told us it ain't going to happen. We've heard about it all of our lives. It's not going to happen. It's really not real. That preacher's excited and you're miserable. Well, you don't have to be this morning. You can be as excited as the rest of us and claim his promises. He's coming, amen. Don't be like these others. Praise one day and cursing the next. I wonder if the Lord was to come today. Are you ready to meet him? Are you looking for the king? Because he's coming.